Welcome to Real Stories MKE, brought to you as part of Exfabula's work to connect Milwaukee through real stories. I'm Kim Shine. And I'm Joel Driesang. Exfabula believes that everyone has personal stories worth sharing. We host storytelling workshops where community members can build their storytelling skills and confidence. And we hold story slams where true stories are shared on stage. In this episode, we're bringing you three of those powerful stories. And Joel... And everyone listening, for this episode, our theme is pets. And I am sure that many folks listening either had a pet or had a friend with a pet. Uh, they're supposed to teach you what? Responsibility, bring you joy, become part of the family. You know, all the good stuff, right? Yes. So, Joel, I had a few pets, and I'm using ear quotes there, like the bunny ears there. When I was a kid, I had a digital dog. I had countless, like, Tamagotchi handheld pets. Uh I'm I'm glad you know about that because if you are a kid or a parent of the 90s, like, (laughs) you know all about it. And I did have a real one, though. It was a pet bunny. Oh, cute. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I grew up with dogs, and there was a brief romantic tragedy with a couple of parakeets named Tweet and Gladys. (laughs) Romantic tragedy? Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) It's a longer story. Uh, (laughs) I really wanted a monkey, though. And there was a boy in school in third grade who told me that he had a monkey. Okay. So I walked all the way to to the other side of the town to his house and spent hours searching in his basement for his monkey because he said this monkey was hiding (laughs) and was lost. And it turned out that the only monkey was the one he made out of me. That is very, very funny. Um, you know, I I would love to I would love to get an update from him about this story. Like if he even remembers anything. I actually might try to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim, you know, Exfabula has been hosting public story slams since two thousand nine. All of the stories for this episode on pets came from the year twenty sixteen, which in the Chinese zodiac was the year of the monkey. Look at that. Yes. Okay. How great is that? Now, our first pet story was told by Eric Nelson at our Season 7 All-Stars Story Slam. Now, we just want to tell you, this first one is a little bit longer than the other two will be. So stick with us. We promise this one is hilarious and you'll love it. But it is just a little bit longer. The theme of this story slam was Game Changer. Here's Eric. The thing is, I'm a dog person, but I, I didn't want a dog, like at all. Um, Destiny disagreed with me, but I, I, um, I grew up with a dog. My family um, loved dogs. We were good dog owners, and I knew how much work a dog is. Um, and um, when I started my family, and I now have three, uh, three boys, um, I want to live great stories. I want to do amazing things, right? And, and that creates chaos, and the world's going to throw curveballs at you, and that's just going to be a mess, right? But I want my home to be stable, right? And those of you who have families, you know that it's, it's so hard to create stability in a home. So bringing in a being that creates a lot of extra work does not give you that foundation that you want. So I'm like, I, we don't need a dog in here, right? Um, so we're bring, we got little kids, and we're like, okay, we'll, we'll get fish, right? And then we finally decided in um, 2007, um, we, we announced to the kids that we're going to upgrade um, after uh, our fish Dorothy dies. We're going to upgrade to a hamster, right? <laughs> and my, uh, my four-year-old at the time, you know, and we're going to upgrade. We're going to go to the pet store tomorrow, get a hamster. My four-year-old goes, um, 
when the hamster dies, can, can we get a dog? <laughs> we haven't even gotten the hamster yet. And he's already, already planning to upgrade the hamster. <laughs> my, my oldest son, Ambrose, uh, who's five most of the time that we have the hamster, his name's Shakespeare, um, uh, he, he's, so, he's such a wonderful, tender-hearted boy, and he loves this hamster so much. I mean, he lets it free-range around his bedroom, crawl through his shoes, all this kind of stuff. Loved the hamster. It was wonderful. Um, probably traumatic for the hamster, uh, having a five-year-old who is really nice to him, but it's still, the hamster's like a like tight little, you know, solitude. Um, so that, Shakespeare made it um, nine months. Um, <laughs> and we're... Uh, we're cleaning out the cage. Confirm, yes, uh, Shakespeare is, is, is dead. Um, Ambrose is like, I, I didn't want Shakespeare to die. And his younger brother Vigo is, can, can we get a dog now? <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I got an ace in the hole. My, my wife, we think she's allergic to dogs. That's not going to happen. Um, and uh, Vigo keeps asking about the dog. He's like, no, no, no. My wife and I go in the kitchen. We're sitting there talking about what to do with the hamster. It's our first pet that's not flushable. Um, and... <laughs> And as we're sitting there having the conversation about 20 feet away, my, my son Ambrose is still staring at the, the hamster habitat, whatever you call the thing with the dribble tubes and stuff. Um, and he finally says, maybe, maybe we can go and, and, and make a cross. <laughs> I'm going to pause here because, I mean, this is like one of the pinnacles of of my life as a parent, right, at that, that very moment. Because it's like these stories and symbols that are meaningful to me that have helped me cope with trials and grief in life and, and are connected to my joys and all this kind of stuff, my five-year-old is now taking those stories and applying them without prompting from me to this moment of grief for him, right? And so I'm, I'm going, my, you know, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm looking at my notes um, that I wrote, um, and I, I can't believe it. I had the self-restraint not to kind of just swoop in and, and, and start telling him what to say. And I come in, and I asked him, and I said, oh, that's, that's a great idea. What, what, what should we do with the cross? And he says, maybe we can make a cross and, and put Shakespeare on it. <laughs> and I go from the pinnacle of parenting to I got to stuff this laughter because if I laugh right now as my kid is suggesting to crucify his dead hamster, I, that would be so bad. <laughs> the next day we go and we get another hamster. Um, the big debate is whether we're going to call it Jabba the Hutt or Darth Vader. We get the... We get the largest, blackest hamster, call it Java Vader, we call it even. Um, Java Vader makes it three years. Um, dies, same thing. Vigo, just like, can we get, it? Can we get a dog now? Um, no, no, we're not, we're not going to get a dog. I hold out for two years um, before we finally decide to get a dog. Uh, we want to get a Bashan. And here they're hypoallergenic. Um, that process, my, my brother knew a rescue. It doesn't go very well. Um, my sister-in-law is going through a really bad relationship, and she gets a rebound puppy. Um, <laughs> if you're ever trying to fill the hole in your heart left from a really bad breakup um, and bad treatment with a dog, I, can, I, I have one for you, and I can, I can <laughs> confirm that is not a good way of coping. Um, so we rescued the dog from my sister-in-law. <laughs> 
So now we have a beagle, um, 12 weeks old. Um, wonderful, I mean, beagles are amazing. They, they're super cute, right? And as a puppy, they got oversized feet. Their oversized uh, ears are already disproportionately oversized. Um, you know, Snoopy, Odie from Garfield, um, Underdog, they're all beagles, right? Because they're wonderful, wonderful animals. You never see live action beagles, right? Because they're impossible to train. Um, <laughs> Our, our, our vet, the first day, tells us how she admires us for getting a beagle. She admires beagle owners. And I, it should have been a warning. There's two things. I never had a hound before, so we have a hound. Um, they're driven by two things. They're driven, uh, the two, or they're two distinctive things. One is the sound, right? They are so loud. When we get home tonight, our dog will start barking because he's so excited. And he's a wonderful, great dog, and he just loves us so much. The pots that hang in our kitchen will reverberate because of the barking that happens. In fact, right, every time he sees a squirrel, he's like, ah, and he'll, he goes crazy. So the stability that I'm hoping to have in a family, it's not there. When in any moment, a, one of my kids can just say squirrel, boom, everything's lost, right? The dog goes out to the door, and gone, right? I, the kid down the street says he loves our dog because he loves hearing him. He's nine houses down the street. They're so The other thing that's crazy about the dog is that they're driven by scent, right? So the smallest little kibble of food somewhere, he finds it and he fixates on it. He cannot not pay attention to this. So if there's a kibble of food he can't get to underneath the couch, he'll stick his head as far as he can under there, and he'll just sit there and... And the kid, you know, stay, get the kibble, you know, sweep under it. Oh, we didn't find anything. He'll still... If there's anything, he finds it. Which means that the garbage is the worst thing in the world to have in a house when you have a beagle, because they just want to sort through it on your living room floor, on your kitchen floor, wherever it is. Um, we get a lock for the garbage, obviously, but that's not enough for a dog. Um, he can just pull it to the top of the stairs, push it down. That, that breaks the lock every time. Uh, it's insane. We came home one day after uh, church. He had, he, we come home, our, our garbage is sorted in our living room all over the place. We, we walk in. We put him in a cage before we left. We know he did because he barks. We could hear him in the driveway. He was pulling out because he doesn't like being in the cage right away. Um, so he's barking. We know he was in the cage. We go in the bedroom. The cage is still locked. I don't know how he got out of it. I'm, I, I have some guesses. Someone either broke out of the house, let the dog out, relocked the cage, and then just let him go to town on the garbage. Or I, th That's how persistent this dog is with anything that... We cleaned the stove last week. <laughs> so, we, we, you know, you pull it out, right, and you sweep underneath it. Oh, my. It was like the great, greatest thing. He's sitting there licking up the dust bunnies, licking the side of the stove. It's just it's like, oh, that, that was crunchy. No, quick, get a mop. Oh, you know, oh, it, it's disgusting. This guy is so loves. But here's the thing. When it comes down to it, um, <sighs> the kids love the dog. And there's those moments where they're laying on the couch, and they're snuggling up with the dog, and the dog is at peace, and the kid's reading a book, and it's like, oh, amazing. And Ambrose, a couple of months ago, was like, I love you, Telly. You never tell me you love me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat my own poop. I, I, I don't throw garbage around in your bedroom. How come you won't tell this to me? They, we lost his dog bowl for um, three days because it was underneath the kid's bed because they gave the dog breakfast in bed on Tuesday. Not because it was his birthday, it was because it was Tuesday and he deserved it. <laughs> I'm coping with this, but the reality is I now have a dog who makes my life 
a better story. The stability I needed, I don't need. He stirs things up, and that's exactly what my family needed. Get it, life. Get a beagle. Thanks. <laughs>I love how that story fit the theme of Game Changer. So much. Here was a guy who wanted stability at home, yes. and the dog came in, and, and he just, the dog won. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I kind of wrote in my, my notes, he said, well, I wrote, um, you don't need stability, just get a beagle. That's it. <laughs> you, you know, what, what you think That's you it. need, that right. is not what sure. the world That's says right. that like you Snoopy. need. Like Snoopy, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like Snoopy. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. We do have an update from Eric. Oh, great. He told us that listening to this story seven years later brings a flood of emotions and feelings. So he wanted to let us know that two of the boys mentioned, now adults, one of them is a nurse, and one just released his first EP with his band. That's really awesome. Eric also says that he is still a dog person and that the presence of a dog brings joy into the little moments of life, of family life. Our pet shows each of us grace that we don't deserve, comfort when we're lonely, and is that variable that ensures you never know if you will get a tender lick or a loud bark at something outside. Unconditional love. I love that from dogs. Yeah, unconditional squirrel love. (laughs) (laughs) Our next pet story comes from Tara Sisko. She told this story at a story slam with the theme of hidden. Ooh, I wonder if it's about a monkey. Here's (laughs) Tara. So my best friend's name is Janelle. We've been friends since we were five. We have a lot of similarities. Um... At the time of this story, we had been dating um, someone, not the same person, for about the same amount of time. Uh, We both had a cat that we were a little too obsessed with, and we were both living in Milwaukee about two blocks apart. Um, But we also have differences. Uh, So one day she says to me, she's all excited, she says, we are putting all our clothes in our closets, no more drawers, going for the closets and, and I'm like I don't know how you're going to do that but okay she says we're going to sell our dresser and our armoire and I'm thinking yes I like drawers I will buy your dresser and your armoire from you <laughs> okay great so um, she names a price fine give her the money she said okay my boyfriend and I will deliver it to your apartment it's two blocks away So they are going to bring the armoire first, and um, they don't have, like, a hand truck, but they have this, they called it a dolly, but it's like a little wooden board with four casters on it. It's, like, maybe this big for an armoire that's, like, you know, big. So they put it on this dolly, wheel it to their elevator, which is the old, you know, the classic Milwaukee elevator with the grate that slides open, bring it in the elevator down, bump it down the steps to the entry of the apartment, bump it down the steps to the sidewalk. Then it's on this dolly thing, right? So they're wheeling it across the sidewalk and every crack is bumping along. Um, and we, my boyfriend and I are in our apartment two blocks away, getting the bedroom ready, you know, move, okay, move this over here. Okay. Armoire. Yeah. That can go there. The dresser can go right here. 
Meanwhile, Janelle and her boyfriend, this armoire is clattering towards us, you know, down that little ramp to the road and then up back on the other side through the um, sort of entryway of our apartment, up those stairs into the apartment, into our elevator, down the hallway, clunks over the threshold of our apartment. They wheel it into our bedroom, lift it off the dolly and plop it down on the floor and we say okay we'll put it where it belongs and they say we'll be right back with the dresser so we move the armoire we put it you know okay right here against the wall looks great my boyfriend hadn't seen it I just bought it and was like okay this is coming so I'm like look Alex look how nice it is it's this nice dark stain there's these three drawers down here right and then inside in this top part um, there's some shelves behind these doors And I open the doors, (laughs) and inside, hidden, is the most terrified and confused creature I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It's Janelle's cat, Dilly. (laughs) She's all the way in the back of the armoire. The shelf inside there has kind of, like, slanted down. She's crouched in the corner, you know, like cats do, giving us this wide-eyed face, like... (laughs) We don't know if... Is this a prank? Like, did they do this to us on purpose? So Dilly runs under the bed... Uh, Janelle and her boyfriend bring up the dresser and we're like do you know who's in our apartment right now trying to like read you know their expression and they're all sweaty they just dragged two huge pieces of furniture two blocks and they are like what are you talking about and I said Dilly's under our bed right now And no, it wasn't a prank. Uh, Janelle had scooped Dilly out earlier in the day when she was cleaning out the clothes. Must have jumped back in. Uh, So that was the day that Dilly found out that there is a wider, scarier world. (laughs) And not to hide in armoires. (laughs) Tara's story was so cute. Um, I kind of, midway through, I kind of guessed it. I'm like, there's something that that, that <laughs> cat has to be somewhere in here. She sure kept us going, though, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she did. It was a really, really cute story. Yeah I, have an have, up- yeah. yeah, I have an update from Tara. She's moved to the Pacific Northwest, but Dilly, the cat, <laughs> still lives in Milwaukee. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Tara wants to send her love to Dilly and her family. Oh, That's see, nice. Yes. One sweet thing to another. <laughs> How fantastic. Should we do some ultra shorts? Yes. Tell us what ultra shorts are. Oh, yeah. If you guys don't know, ultra shorts are the things that we do during the story slams where if you don't want to get on stage, you can write just a little 30 second or less kind of story on a little piece of paper, give it to a volunteer, and someone will read it on stage. I have one. This this ultra short is from Anonymous. So I have a 10-year-old sister who had a pet bird. One night, she calls me crying because Joey died. So I'm trying to comfort her. She's crying hysterically. I couldn't bring myself to tell her that Joey died (laughs) the week before and that this was his replacement. (laughs) The two birds looked nothing alike. 
But I guess it didn't matter. No, I guess it didn't. I didn't mean to laugh either. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, we have another one, uh, Selena from The View of Kevin. Selena from The View of Kevin says, My dog told me not to bring the stray home with us. I didn't believe it was a bad idea until the stray had its jaws locked on my dog's neck. Apparently, the 911 operator has no pets, for I was told, Sir, this is not an emergency. Kim, I have another ultra short. This is from Melanie. I had a pet bunny when I was six named Pat, whom I loved very much. One day, my dad picked me up from school and told me that Pat had gotten cancer and died. I was sad for months. Ten years later, my family was celebrating Passover, and we are talking about pets. And um, my aunt blurts out, remember when my dogs mauled Pat? And that's how I found out that my beloved bunny didn't succumb to cancer, but was violently murdered. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jeepers. This ultra short, Joel, is from Anna, who says, I was five the day we got our first dog. One dog was not enough, though, so I climbed a tree in our yard and stole an egg from a nest that was there. I put the egg under my new puppy because I thought that she could hatch another. (laughs) That was pretty good. I like that one. Kim, here's another Pets Ultra Short from Lauren. For Mother's Day, my dad decided we should get my mother a guinea pig. My mother did not want a guinea pig, and she definitely didn't want the pregnant guinea pig (laughs) that we got her. Surprise seven for one. Wow. (laughs) I wonder if they, um, how many of them they kept and how many of them they gave away. (laughs) That's cute. We have one more Ultra Short, and this is from Sarah. Sarah says, I was at my boyfriend's best friend's house for the first time. This guy has a very long-haired lassie dog. When I asked if she sheds a lot, he replied, yes, but I'm saving it in a bag so when she dies, I can have a blanket made of her fur. Apparently, there are people who provide this service because, let's face it, the love for our pets, well, it's complicated. Okay, so I actually went on Etsy and I found places that do this. Really? And the comments from customers were um, very moving. It was, yeah, interesting. I I could only imagine. Yeah. So, Joel, our final pet story was shared by Michael Bathke at our Perfect Storm Story Slam. Here's Michael. All right. This is a story about my stepfather, Phil, um, or as he's known amongst the family, Bumpa. Um, Bumpa can be described a number of ways. He's Republican, conservative, uh, Catholic, alcoholic, and impetuous. The last one made the other ones tolerable. (laughs) So when we were growing up, we would do the annual family trip, as I'm sure all of you have done. And ours was a road trip to Florida every year. And we did this year after year after year. And the reason we did it is because Bumpa didn't like to fly, so we had to drive. And this went on all through my high school years. The family continued after I moved out, and it continued on and on and on. Even after my mom and Bumpa divorced, it continued. And he would do it alone. And it was one year that his alcoholism and impetuousness merged. One of the reasons he liked Florida was the whole pirate thing. 
And besides the gold doubloon necklace that he had, he felt he needed something extra. And one year, we don't know how, he ended up at a pet store and bought a bird. (laughs) So he didn't get like a traditional pirate parrot. He got this thing called a sun conure. It's about half the size of a parrot, double size of a parakeet. It's really a beautiful bird. It's yellow and red and green and wonderful. But unlike a parrot or a parakeet, it doesn't have a really extensive vocabulary or songs. It's got one noise it makes, and it's an ear-piercing loud squawk. And it uses this for everything. If you it's it's hello, it's it's goodbye, it's it's clean my cage, it's I'm hungry. So he gets this bird, and he is so proud of this bird. He names this bird Billy Bones. He brings it home, invites us all over, and introduces us to Billy Bones. And we're like, great, Phil, this is wonderful. So um, the other thing about Billy is he, he, he didn't like anybody. He didn't like Bumpa. He didn't like my mom, my brother, my sister, any of them. Um, but he did like me for some reason. I mean, I could go into his cage, take him out. I could feed him by hand. I could put him on my shoulder like a pirate. I could even scratch his head and pick out his new feathers, and he loved that. The other thing about sun conures is they live to be 20, 30 years old. So uh, Bumpa says to me, you know, Michael, these birds live to 20, 30 years old. This bird likes you. When I die, this bird is yours. I said, Bumpa, you're not going to (laughs) die. Two years later, Bumpa died. I was at work. My brother called me, and he says, Hey, Michael, Dad's late for work. My brother and my dad work together. And I said, Well, did you call him? He's like, Yeah, I called him, but he didn't answer. I think I'll go check on him. I said, Good idea. You check, call me, let me know. About 15 minutes later, I get a call from my brother, and it confirms our suspicion Bumba had died. So I get in the car, and I speed over to the house. By that point, my sister and my mom were there already. So it's my mom, my sister, my brother, and the county coroner finishing up what she's doing. We're standing in the living room and kind of looking down at the floor, just figuring out the shock. I mean, we all know we're going to die. That's not something unexpected. It's just the when. So we're sitting there just trying to figure it all out when from the kitchen comes a loud, ear-piercing squawk. My brother, my sister, and my mother immediately look up and stare straight at me, and I say, Shh. Bumpa. One of them, I can't remember who, said, there's your inheritance. (laughs) So now every morning I get up out of bed, stumble down the stairs to make my coffee, and I'm greeted with a loud ear-piercing squawk. And I say, thanks, Bumpa. Thanks. So, Kim, I actually went online to try to find out more about... You've been going online a lot these well, days. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've got computers. Um, so these sun conures 
um, are beautiful. The, they're beautiful birds. Okay. But one thing that, I mean, and these are the exact words that I kept seeing repeated when I was looking at ornithological sites, ear piercing as far as the, 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 screams, yeah. the screams that they make. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Beware. His dad definitely had a crass <laughs> sense of humor for that one. <laughs> That's nice. And unfortunately, though, good stories, good story. But that's all the time we have today for Real Stories MKE. Don't worry, guys. There is much more audio and video available at exfabula.org. That's right. Our website lists upcoming storytelling workshops and story slams. And we hope you'll join us at an event and maybe even share a story. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes, and we also appreciate everyone who makes this program possible. That's including our ex-fabulous staff, the storytellers, producer Lauren Instanez, and audio engineer Sam Woods. Thanks, Sam. Uh, for Real Stories MKE, I'm Joel Driesing. And I'm Kim Shine. You guys have stories to tell, so come on out and tell them. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.